Hi and welcome to Woodside Weekly, bite-sized, digestible, authentic English, straight to your inbox. Tapas, Spain's culinary treasure. When people think of Spain, the sun, flamenco, sangria, siestas and chorizo often come to mind. However, if there's one thing that truly embodies the essence of Spanish cuisine, I think it's tapas. Tapas have gained international recognition and they've even been declared part of the intangible cultural heritage by UNESCO. In today's issue, we will explore the tapas culture in Spain, its regional variations and the intriguing stories behind their origin. Foreign tourists visiting Spain can't quite believe their luck when they order something to drink and then the waiter comes along with a tasty bite of free food alongside their Spanish glass of lager or whatever beverage they've ordered. Here you are, sir, your beer. Uh, excuse me, I didn't order any food. No, sir, it's a complimentary appetizer that comes with your drink. Ah, well, all that food. Thanks a lot. Now, I've actually witnessed conversations like these, obviously, in a bit more broken English and broken Spanish, but the theory is the same. People, tourists, are shocked. Now, in Britain, you don't get any free food with your drinks generally, and you either end up drinking loads and feeling tipsy, or you start to feel hungry, as you say in English, when you drink and you start feeling hungry, we call that the munchies. So you get the munchies, and that means that you have to buy a bag of crisps or peanuts in the pub or an actual meal. Or the other option you have is to grab a takeaway on the way home, if you're that peckish. Now, I imagine for any Spaniards living in the UK, it must be pretty hard to get used to having a drink on an empty stomach. You see, when in the UK, if you do decide you're in the mood for something Espanol, you will find some, now I say in inverted commas, Spanish restaurants and Spanish tapas bars. And I say Spanish tentatively because you will probably find that they are actually a little Spanglish and not that authentic. Tapas in Britain, well, you will pay for them. You will pay for them as if they were a normal meal. There will be no freebies. And that actually happens in some parts of Spain. It's a misconception that you do get a tapa with your beer everywhere in Spain. The more I travel around Spain, the more I learn about the tapas culture And it's certainly not a one-size-fits-all. I mean, in some parts of Spain, you order a drink and you automatically get some food with your drink. In some places, you have to order it separately and pay for it separately. In others, you only get something to eat with an alcoholic drink. And then in other places, you can you actually have a menu of tapas. You can order a tapa with any beer or any drink you want. And you can actually order a hamburger along with your beer. And that's included in the price of your beer. Now, even Spaniards traveling from region to region seem to have some trouble working out what the tapas system is in each place. 
in Madrid, it's normal to get a pinchito or a tapa with your small beer, your caña. But in Barcelona, for example, you don't get that. And you have to order something and pay for it. And I really love the fact that depending on where you are in Spain, the tapas offerings are so varied and they change from region to region. And you get tapas specialities in certain regions. Now, you obviously always see the classics like olives and cheese almost everywhere. But did you know tapas rivalry is a thing? Many towns and cities actually claim to be the birthplace of the humble tapa, while others compete to win the best tapa in Spain prize. So what's the story behind tapas? Well, before we begin, let's think about the word tapa. It translates into lid or cover. And the noun comes from the verb, the Spanish verb tapar, which means to cover. So can you guess why we might say tapas in Spanish and how tapas became a thing? Now, there are, of course, many popular legends regarding tapas, and it's difficult to know if they are true or not. But I thought I would share some of them with you. Now, even if you are a Spaniard listening to this, you may not know the history behind tapas. So one of the popular stories goes that in the 13th century, Alfonso X, Alfonso the Wise, Alfonso X, Alfonso el Sabio, got really sick and was advised to drink wine in order to get better. Now, because of the large quantity of wine he was ingesting during the day, he ate small morsels of food in order to soak up the alcohol in his system and therefore not get drunk. The story goes that when he recovered from his illness, he decided it would actually be a great idea to make this tapas or these little morsels of food commonplace to serve with alcohol in order to stop people from becoming publicly drunk and disorderly. Another legend says that Alfonso XIII was the first ever person to experience a tapa in Spain. He was said to have been travelling to Cadiz and he stopped off at a tavern. Now, obviously, the roads were dusty, he travelled by cart, carriage, whatever, there was lots of dust in the air. So the barman who served the king's drink put a slice of ham on top of the glass. That might be why we say tapa, tapar, because he covered the glass with a piece of ham. The barman's intention was to keep the dust and the flies out of the king's drink. Now, Alfonso XIII loved this. He ate the ham, he drank his wine, and decided that tapas should become the norm. Now there are other theories, for example, um, about people who worked in the countryside. Now, these people worked really long hours, and they didn't really stop for meals. And because their job was so physical, they needed to eat little and often, so that they could keep on working. Now, they would eat finger foods, you know, foods that were easy to grab. So they would eat olives, chickpeas, pieces of cheese, whatever. And that's how tapas could have come about. There's also another story that says that wine was so damn terrible in the medieval times that food was put on top of the glass in order to suppress the bad smell of the wine. And also 
The other reason for putting something on top of the glass was to stop flies getting into people's drinks. So which story do you think is the most probable? I personally love the story about Alfonso XIII and his glass being covered with ham. Now, regardless of the origin of tapas, one thing is clear. They're a culinary treasure. They're enjoyed across Spain. They're enjoyed and appreciated worldwide. And I think the tapas culture adds an element of informality to eating out. It's a great way to share some time, socialise with friends whilst exploring different foods and flavours. Translation fails. A good translation, particularly of a menu, can be make or break. Now, as a language lover, one of my hobbies <laughs> is reading translations wherever and whenever I can. So when I go out and about, I always tend to notice translations and whether they're good or they're well translated or whether they're bad. Now, one of the most entertaining experiences I have ever had was here in Madrid. I was at a bar that we used to go to sometimes and the translation of their tapas menu was just, well, incredible. I actually remember sitting and crying with laughter at some of these things. Now, off the top of my head, uh, I'm talking about, you know, this menu is from years ago. The bar no longer exists, sadly. But off the top of my head, I can only remember a few of these really funny, atrocious translations. So I thought I'd share a few of them today. Would you like to eat infernal sausages? That was a translation of chorizo al infierno. Hot and spicy chorizo sausages. There was also another one, blood sausage. Oof, I'd rather not think about that, to be honest. Blood sausage. That was the translation given to morcilla. Now, in British English, we call morcilla black pudding. One of the funniest ones I can remember is prawns in raincoats. Prawns in raincoats. So that, in my mind, just gives me an image of prawns dressed in a Colombo-style mac. The translation was for gambas a la gabardina, which I would translate into normal English as battered prawns. There was also brave potatoes. Now, I'm sorry, but I can't help but envision potatoes holding swords and shields and getting ready for battle. That was the translation of patatas bravas, which I would probably translate as fried potatoes with spicy tomato sauce or spicy paprika sauce, depending where you are in Spain. The other one, and the final one that I remember, was kitchen wings. Who knew that kitchens could fly and that kitchens had wings? This was a translation of alitas de pollo, chicken wings. But actually, in my mind, all I could see was kitchens flying around. So if you ever need to translate anything from Spanish to English and you want it to sound authentic and you're not sure, then I suggest you always get a native English speaker just to have a look to see if it sounds good in English. And that's all for this week. Thanks very much for listening to Woodside Weekly. I'll be back again next week with more. If you did enjoy the podcast, 
then please remember to like and share. Thanks for listening.